If the music video for Take On Me had been an hour and a half long and directed by Terry Gilliam, this is Biggles Adventure in Time on Stinger Madness. Welcome to Stinker Madness. I'm your host, Justin. I've got Sam and Jackie here as always. How are the all's always team? Do you want to be hero, hero? It's every time. Every time. How are you, Jackie? I'm bringing the song from the movie in to start the show. Dude, that song made this movie incredibly exciting. <laughs> I loved it. It does It does come out hot with the, do you want to be here? Do we have any details? Sam, how are you? Better. Good. Uh, do we have <laughs> <laughs> you screw you, Sam. Now, any- now that I've seen Biggles, I'm better. <laughs> do we have any details on who sings? Yes, yeah, John Anderson from Yes. Oh, do you want to be a hero? Yes, yeah. John Anderson. Okay. Uh, before we get too far into this episode, I want to go ahead and uh, state our previous request from our point five episode, because most people actually listen to the main episode, so I want to get this in here as well. Fans, we want to hear from you, and so we're giving you a task. Send us a story from back in the day of VHS tapes. Do you have an interesting story about renting one? Did you mistakenly record an episode of Transformers over your father's video presentation? What about good old porn mishaps? We want to hear it. Send us an email to talk at snakerbadness.com and the best stories we get will be read on the air. Sam, did you own Biggles on uh, VHS? VHS, yes, I did. Ah, nice. Yeah, I've, I have seen this movie a lot. Like, the, the Biggles tape was in danger of being worn out. But no mishaps with the Biggles VHS tape? Not any mishaps, no. Other than, like, watching it 20 times or so. <laughs> I guess that's a mishap. I'm not real sure what to make of Biggles. Well, you can't make anything of Biggles. It just, it's just high adventure. It's a head-scratcher. It's, it's a really strange film. I think that in terms of the suspension of di- disbelief, Biggles is about as, as strong as you can do, because... At a point, you have to be like, what the hell is going on here? What What are they doing, and why are they doing it, and what the fuck is this shit? And, and how is this even working? There's nothing that makes any sense or has anything to do with anything. Like, there's just a series of odd choices. Like, the very first choice that's odd is... Uh, Blending well, Indiana Jones and Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty weird one. And he's even dressed half like... The scene where he goes into the, the Tower Bridge, he's half dressed like Marty McFly and half like Indiana Jones. Yes. The it, blue pants were something awesome. It was a blue jumpsuit. Was in it? The hot, in the hotel later, he's laying there and it shows like a weird shot where his foot is... He's got his boot really close to the camera and he's laying down in bed and you can tell... That the blue goes all the way, and he's got a blue collar. It was just a straight-up jumpsuit. Like, he was ready for action. Well, you know, you can do some sweet high kicks in a jumpsuit. Yeah, you can. You can do a lot of action in a, in a jumpsuit. Yeah. I didn't uh, I didn't know that... At that point, he's sort of no longer in charge of his own wardrobe, except for, I guess, the, when they go back and he's got the scarf or whatever. But he never gets to uh, use the, the sweet swag that Peter Cushing gives him, Mm-mm. which is one of my... When I was a kid, I was always like, well, I wonder what would have happened if Biggles would have had all that shit. What's, or not Biggles, but you mean Ferguson. The, the duffel bag? Yeah, the duffel bag full what's, of... What's in the bag? Guns and shark everything. Shark or something? No, the, he was wearing it. The, the jumpsuit. That's what was it. Oh, No, the, he had the, a uniform and yeah, there was a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a bayonet and a rifle and an Uzi. I gotcha. I gotcha. But when he goes back into time... He's in a towel. He's in a towel. 
mm-hmm. and we see his balls. <laughs> and all the nuns see his balls. If the I would have been a nun, I would have just sat there and been you... like, oh, yeah, look at those balls. They're just flopping around down there. That was one of the – even when I was a kid, I was like, this is the worst joke ever. Because he's laying – they made they turned the tables into a cross, and he's laying on it like he's crucified mm. in the towel. Mm-hmm. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? I no, I did not notice that. Yeah, he's – With his dinger out. Yeah, I was just staring at his out. balls. That's why I didn't notice. I was like, oh, my God, balls. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uncool joke and then poorly delivered because you have – like. You have to be surrounding, like paying attention to all the surrounding details when most of the people are just going to be focused on Alex Hyde White's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed the nuts and I was like, oh man, that's. Maybe you got an edited version? I don't know. No, it was the same version. I just wasn't looking for balls, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <Your laughs> Apparently you have to be watching oh! it with me. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, balls alert. Dick and balls, shit. <laughs> where's How your, did this get in here? Where's your identification? You don't want to see it. <laughs> you know Everybody what? else just did. Ladies did. You know what I was thinking though during that scene is that um the nuns were like and god has answered our prayers and delivered us a man on the table it's like, like the, they uh, were getting ready to go for rides they were gonna get oh a queue boy. going speaking of terry gilliam it's like the scene in monty python on the holy grail where uh lancelot uh storms the castle of the uh the horny ladies the horny ladies yeah, yeah. yep well as i was getting to before it was that like Nothing in this movie makes any sense, but you don't notice when you're watching it because it just sort of moves along so well that it's, afterwards you're like, wait a, a second, mover. N- what just happened? What did is... anything, did that make any sense? I was kind of thinking, dude, is this really a bad movie? Because it moved away <laughs> so fast. It, I was thinking the same thing. Like, I don't know if this is a bad movie or just a bad choice for, like, an idea for a film, but it, so far it's being delivered properly. And then all of a sudden... It takes a dive in like the nonsense. Like this, none of this is making any goddamn sense. The helicopter is what started to go downhill for me. Is, is, is putting it into oh, this is more into our wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, th- I, this is familiar to me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like you're watching it and you're going, man, they are just visually navigating some of the worst filmmaking decisions ever made. Yeah. And they do even when it gets into the helicopter and that. I mean, they just. Let's roll out some stunt sequences. Mm-hmm. Let's have this guy fly a helicopter. You can't even really get down on it because you're like, that guy flying the helicopter is crazy. And the uh, the acting is competent. There's nobody that's like, ooh, woof. The jokes are all funny. Yeah. Uh, there's all these good elements in it, but then there's just this like, what is this movie about? How who greenlit this shit? Like this is this was written by concept wise by like. An eight-year-old. Like, he put it on paper one day and was like, Dad, Dad, I've got a cool idea for a movie. And the dad was like, you know, usually, son, I say, uh, uh, go tell your mother about it. But this time, this time is the, yeah, time, is the time I'm greenlighting this stupid shit. <laughs> I thought Celebrity Dinners was awesome. And Celebrity. how they didn't they didn't pay for any cameos from anybody, but they did have all their cardboard cutouts, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. And uh, I loved the booby lady on the box. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we should uh, definitely mention Major Porkins. Yeah. Oh, Porkins. And uh, also known as Major Eaton from Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. He's also uh, in Tim Burton's first Batman. He is. He's uh, Captain Eckhart. 
Eckhart, yeah. Uh, William Hootkins. Yes, William uh, Hootkins. just passed. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, not very long ago. He uh, only ate once in this movie. Yeah, but it was the, it's the Porkins joke. Hey, guys. Hey, that's Porkins. Oh, shit. He's eating some fucking he can't turkey. Even, he can't even wait ten minutes. He's eating part of the display. So, let's dive into this bad boy. It's There's a lot of shit happens in this film, so uh, we'll try to condense it as much as possible. But, but first off, you're you're... Introduced to Do You Want to Be a Hero, which happens, I think, three times throughout the film? Uh, if not four. Yeah. So you've got the opening credit sequence, mm-hmm. the first dog fighting. And then the end is the only time I... No, I thought... In the helicopter. In the helicopter. Yeah. Okay. In, in modern times in the helicopter, because oh, yeah, yeah. in the helicopter during 1917, you have... Have you seen my baby? Have you seen my honey? Which, yeah. did you notice that was diegetic? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, they were playing that out of the loudspeaker. Yeah. Like that was how they were defeating the Germans was with that fucking song. Because <laughs> they don't throw grenades out of the helicopter. Ferguson barely shoots out of the helicopter, except for at the nunnery. <laughs> yes, the nun factory. <laughs> the nun factory. There's lightning in New York, all over the place. Post production lightning always. A stinker staple. Yeah. Silly. Well, it's easy. It's the easiest special effect, I think. Yeah. Animating wise. We're introduced to Jim Ferguson, who's uh, got a girlfriend that's uh, named Debbie. She's dropping him off at his bridge house. I think he. So. Looks like he lives under the bridge. It seems like he lives in a bridge. Uh, the, however, the lightning strikes the top of a building when mm-hmm. he first gets sent back into time the first time. So that's just really bad. I don't know, shooting, I guess, because you'd seem like he's also on the base floor of the bridge, but the lightning hits, like, halfway up a very tall building. Yeah, but you also see him walking into, like, a like underneath a tunnel, and Peter Cushing's there stalking yeah. him, and it His looks door like... His right there. It looks like the underside of a bridge. It's that curved convex uh, shape that uh, maybe maybe you go down in there, and there's, like, some gears and shit that churn the, the, the Something. stuff. I, I don't get it. Lights come on, and, and a mechanic you know, with a wrench goes down there and says, Hey, Jimmy, we've got another problem on uh, Cable 22. And you go in there, and you fix some shit. Not go in there and live in a swank fucking pad. Yeah, no, that's a fucking nice apartment, too. He's got a seriously nice apartment. There's, like, brick everywhere. There's nice... propeller. It looks big, and he's, yeah. he's well-furnished. He's quite the... Uh, well, he is the, the CEO of Celebrity Dinner. No, I don't know if that translates into home decor. <laughs> I don't know either. I would like to go to there. Oh, yeah. No, it's real nice. And it seems like he lives in a bridge to me. Yeah. When I That was the first time I've watched that movie and thought, does he live in a bridge? Because I just like didn't connect the shot of the lightning hitting the building at all when I was younger. I was like, oh, there's just lightning everywhere. I think I think he lives in the bridge because Peter Cushing also, also lives, lives in, in a bridge. bridge. And because of this movie, I wanted to live in a bridge until I was like, I still want to live in the bridge. Justin. Yeah, dude, I want to live in a I bridge. I want to live in the bridge. It would be weird, but I don't awesome know. I think same. it would be would it awesome. Be cold? I think I would love living in the Tower of London Bridge. Did you see the windows in that swank pad? Yeah, that, that's actually uh, I, when we were in uh, England, if I may, uh, oh. toot, toot that old thing again uh we learned that uh the, the guards and the me- the mechanics of the tower bridge all live in the, the tower bridge they're uh like the uh beef eaters they're very high up they're the elite guys so they're very well taken care of so the 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 suites in the tower bridge are actually quite swank now i don't know if the suites in the brooklyn bridge are quite that swank i don't I know if there is any suites in the Bl- that brooklyn it's just gears and machines and loud noises 
I still want to live in the Tower of London Bridge. That thing was awesome. Either way, I want Jim Ferguson to be my uh, home decorator. Yeah, or if Bridget, Le- if Bridge Life is like this movie says, I'm there. Yeah. So Peter Cushing is uh, stalking him, and he knocks on his door, and he's like, uh, "Anything strange happened to you today, sir?" That's my best Peter Cushing. No, that sounds that like terrible. we're going to the pet cemetery. <laughs> I'm not uh, gonna lie. Don't go up there. <laughs> don't go up to that bridge. <laughs> ah, that's a terrible bridge. There's bad things out there. Um, Peter Cushing. The face of making you speak. That's I, not even no, it. It's just no, Grandma dude. Tarkin. Yeah, you can't. I don't know. How do you do it, Peter? I don't Cushing? know. You, you sound really old. <laughs> that sounds like Gandalf, though. Fly a force. <laughs> <laughs> the only other one I got is James Mason, and that's that's the opposite of Peter Cushing, but also British. So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so he's like, anything weird going on, bud? <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. What? Anything strange happened to you in the last couple hours? <laughs> yeah, you standing in front of me, which is classic Alex Hyde White delivery. Mm-hmm. I'm going back in there. Yeah, Alex Hyde White is great. Uh, so he's asking about time, and and Alex Hyde White's like, uh, well, whatever, guy, get out of here. He closes the door. On I got him. a speech to write. So unless you can write a speech, get the hell out of here. I yeah, got, I got a presentation tomorrow for celebrity dinners. Which let's get this out of the way. This is my <laughs> fr- what the fuck is celebrity dinners? It's TV dinners. They're it's the, they're high end TV dinners. TV dinners. What's the deal with the celebrities? The celebrities, celebrities. They're so good. Celebrities would eat them. God damn yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know how you didn't put that. To, I don't know how you didn't fucking put that together. Because because there, there's a banner in the party scene that says "Eat like a celebrity." Yes. Eat with the celebrities. Oh yeah, they will eat it. So I thought it so was. Good. I thought it was like a like a tour package. Like you call up and be like, uh, "Yes, I'll have your uh, filet mignon." Also, can I have some Arnold on the side? And Arnold shows up to your house and eats it with you. Yes, exactly. No, actual no. Arnold, not not pretend Con- Arnold. No, but he's at his house eating it, and you're going to eat like him. Yeah, no, they're, I thought so he good. actually showed up. Their marketing no, is shit. <laughs> no, their marketing was a couple of D cups. Very, yeah. Well, it works. You want to buy it, but it's very misleading. They're going to get sued because I'm going to be like, I got the dinner. Where the fuck is Schwaz? He's not showing up. Yeah. I'm ringing my attorney and being like, hey, I paid four ninety nine for this shit. You're, I want my money you're back. Ringing your attorney. Oh, it's really good, but where's Arnold? And he's like, I don't know. I'm eating a chicken leg. All right. I was looking for Sally Fields. <laughs> and it's just like it turns into a three way phone call where everybody's eating a TV dinner, <laughs> and no one can understand what each other is saying. You're like, we can't sue these. You're right, we can't sue these people. These TV dinners are too fucking delicious. They're delicious. <laughs> I don't want to put them out of business. Yeah. Now that I get it, it where, works for me. Where am I going to get my dinners if I sue these people? <laughs> <laughs> celebrity dinners that is so stupid the finest dog puke any what did you say the finest dog puke anyone's ever tasted yeah, yeah. and then yeah. he ate some of it and zapped back into 1917 yeah. so speaking of getting zapped right then in his 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 apartment his bridge apartment he gets zapped some funky shit happens and he's transported back into 1917 in the middle of a like a field there's a plane flying overhead and it crashes it's a biplane he pulls the pilot out. The pilot introduces himself as Biggles. I'm Major Biggles. Yeah, that was the first part where I like having seen the movie so many times. I'm not looking for these things that I read about when I'm watching it when I'm a kid. And that was an actual rig that they built so that they could roll that plane with somebody inside of it. Mm-hmm. And the way they shot it, it was like, I, you know, I just don't know that somebody needed to be inside of it. No, I, I don't couldn't think, tell. I couldn't tell either. I could. Okay. So it was, does it work for you? Jackies. It worked for me. I okay. was like, oh, there is a real person in there. There is a real person. You can And he tell. did not break his neck because his head was at yeah. least an inch above the ground. Jackie's stuntman sense went off. It's tingling. <laughs> yeah. There's a man in there. 
But uh, the Germans fly overhead and they explode his plane. He's like, oh, shit, I had a camera in there. I was taking pictures of a secret German weapon. The first mention of the German secret weapon. Yeah. I'm... He he thinks uh, Biggles thinks that Jim is an American on uh, like oh it's about time you boys showed up uh, let's go give those Germans a good old rogering and, yeah <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> on the way we'll stop by that cemetery up there but uh, Jim doesn't have time to explain he gets sat back to his apartment and the next day he's got PTSD he's all fucking freaked out by the jackhammer in town. <laughs> <laughs> you think that got, sounded just man, like one, dude. Okay, wait. You just I'm gonna do my Ifran Khan impersonation. You just leave the sound effects to me. <laughs> uh, I have a cold. That's okay. What that's what it on. is. I actually <laughs> I've been losing my I've been losing my voice a little as well this week for whatever reason. We should uh, delve into the music of this film uh, rather than sporadically talk about it. There, this soundtrack is one of the most eclectic things I've ever seen in a bad movie because there's that. Do you want to be a hero? Hero, which is like which is a John Anderson synth, from Yes synth pop shit, uh, uh, along the lines of like Stan Bush, yeah, type music. Like this is a soundtrack song, yeah, so uh, kind of star grovey. This know? is when the Roland eighty eight was huge, yeah, and this is right when electronic music is really starting to blossom. Like you had the stuff in the seventies with the Ampegs and the Prophet Fives and all that, but. This is when they had more stuff in besides just the synth. Mm -hmm. They had it, it was a different uh, system, and the front end of electronic music. This has it. If you remember, it always was just like too many sounds, too many sounds. Uh -huh. Take like half of these sounds out of here, and you might have something. But uh, and this movie really showcases that all of these songs that are uh, the electronic music songs. That's just like shit. Take some of this out. This is just too much going on. Uh, I think that's thematic of the film. <laughs> Perhaps. Take some of it out. <laughs> Take some of it out. Like the whole Back to the Future part. Yeah. Take that uh, part out. Or or the Indiana Jones part. The, uh, <laughs> Pick one. The German uh, not Red Baron has his theme music is fucking- Eric deep. von Stahlheim. Yeah, his theme music Stahlheim. is uh, Deep Purple. I don't know what the name of the song is, but it's like, Fever coming. It's coming at your back door. And anybody Deep Purple fans out there know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't scared them off. It's coming out your back door. I'm not sure if those are the lyrics to that song, but that's what I always sing. I don't it's coming out your back. Coming door. out your back door. <laughs> this is, does, now that I say the that, the name of the song is huh. Second Day Burritos. Yeah. Uh, huh. uh, then there's some crew in there, like the punks are blasting Motley yeah. Crew, which is one of their sweeter songs. I also don't know the name of that song, but it's fucking sweet. Uh, and then there's another like synth pop uh, song that's not. Well, it's the, just very. Have you seen my baby? That's what's his face. That's the uh... the guy who sings "Putting on the Ritz." Yes, putting on the. Oh Ritz. no, shit! Yeah, which huh. is, and he's the same guy that does uh whatever science, right? Thomas Dolby. No, that's not Thomas. It's not Thomas Dolby. No, okay, it's not. Uh, I can't remember who does "Putting on the Ritz," but uh, yeah, it's see. This goes back. Where's that my... Pet Shop Boys? No, it's not. Uh, it totally goes back into my Terry Gilliam thing because Terry Gilliam always does that with his movies too, where it's like just weird. Like I'm going to put all of the music into my films. Yeah. It's just very strange. But uh, I think there's a lot of symptomatic things happening here. Like th this is really sort of a victim of time. Of the time that it was made, because, oh, you have to add in Back to the Future. And this is right when soundtracks are starting to sell. Like, they're making a lot of money yeah, off the soundtracks. Yeah, but Back to the future, future is very one-minded. It is, yeah. like, the whole soundtrack is basically Tina Turner and Huey Lewis. That's it. It's yeah. just pop music. Yeah, no, they, 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 steer, they did a good job steering the soundtrack, but it is still... 
a soundtrack made to drive sales of an album. Yeah. And this is just like, oh, you know, you have a this smaller picture and they're just doing everything they're supposed to be doing. Oh, we got to add Back to the Future into this. We have to have a soundtrack that sells. So they just, you end up with this hodgepodge of whatever it's going to sell, though. It's got John Anderson. It's got Motley Crue. It's, it's got, got Deep got Purple. Taco. Oh, Taco. That's right. Taco. taco that's by yeah. Taco. Yeah. Nice job, Jackie. Taco. Good job. Thank you. Yeah. So anyways, let's move on. So he goes to work, and there's some pork and shenanigans, as we mentioned. Uh, he eats the turkey, and then Peter Cushing shows up, and he's asking about the plane thing, and he says, you got to come find me in England at the Tower Bridge if you if you solve the mystery. Whatever. So he gets zapped back into 1917. And he eating the corn. Yeah, he, uh, he, gets, he gets zapped back in... Uh, Back into 1917 uh, during the the celebrity dinner party. Which we should talk about this lady. Like, she's... The sister? She's going to make or break this whole TV dinner deal. Who is she? She doesn't have a lot of nose. It needs more nose. No TV dinner has ever smelled like anything. Which if... I mean, that's the thing. If they make a TV dinner... It smells like nuked water is what uh, TV dinner smells Because if you make it smell like... If it has any of its odor left, it's like normal food that gets put in the microwave. It doesn't smell nice. No. It all smells like liver. Yeah. Lonely man dinners are gross. So he's back and he, uh, the pilot Biggles is like, we gotta, we gotta get another picture because the last time my camera got zapped. So they fly over the German secret weapon and there's the dog fight with the German ace, as we mentioned. The German ace shoots a flare up in the sky, which signals to the, to the Krauts. That uh, it's time to release the secret weapon. Is yeah. Krauts something I should say on the internet? No, I don't think it is. I don't know, because uh, I'm sure if we're talking not. about World War One and World War Two, guys, those guys were dickheads. So uh, I, I well, think the world has come to consensus that uh, World I think War II and World gonna, War I you, play by the, no, were dickheads. If you're going to play by the rules of the movie and not be racist, you have to use Bigglesworth's terminology. Where is there non-racism in this film, Sam? Uh, you have to, well, no, I'm saying you have to use the terminology of the film to which remove was yourself, which was Jerry. Sausage Guzzler. Yeah, <laughs> sausage, sausage Guzzlers. <laughs> I think that's, I think Sausage Guzzler is more offensive than Jerry's it, it, and Krauts. It can be taken the wrong way. Uh, you know, there's some other activities that aren't, you know, enjoying delicacies. That All right. Well, just... well, uh, he needs to, uh, take a <laughs> so picture so of, uh, the secret weapon of the gentleman who caused both first World War One and World War Two and the death of four million Jews. So uh, we'll uh, we'll go ahead and nuke these their are, shit. These, these these guys don't have anything to do with Hitler. No, they're as assholes. bad as they were. Anyways, so they shoot. They fire up the secret dish, and uh, it causes their plane to get all funky. And so they have to do a barrel roll, which uh, I believe gives actual Alex Hyde White the pukes. He's in the back of that plane. Flying over, doing these barrel. He's not flying the barrel rolls, but he's in the back of the plane. There's two times while a man where- is doing a barrel roll in the front of the plane, and you can see his face going. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna vom a gonna couple of vom. times. There's a there's a number of there's some shots in the movie that are owed to Alex Hyde White's willingness to do his own stunts. Yeah, in certain I, I situations. really like the fact that he was in the back of a plane and doing barrel rolls. hanging off the side of it, like strapped yeah. to the side of a helicopter. Oh shit! Because like to fake that would be harder than just to strap him to the side of the helicopter. Yeah. So you know that they just strapped him to the side of He's the helicopter. He's a cool guy, that Alex Hyde White. So they land safely. They've got the picture. And then, uh, zap! He goes back to the present. And uh, he finds Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing's like, uh, give me this picture. I've got to hold on to this and get it futurized. Like, he's going to have it analyzed I by... don't know how he he's gets the get picture to begin with. Yeah, but he eventually... Bigglesworth hands it to... Oh. Bigglesworth. So Bigglesworth hands it to Ferguson, 
as they're flying so that he can hold on God to it, it while they get it landed. Yeah. Okay. And then he's like, yeah, and he's doing that. We we made it pose, and then he gets sat back into the future. So he, he uh, and knocks over the cubicle at the TV dinner party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ferguson goes to the London Bridge and finds Cushing and hands him the photograph, and, and Cushing's like, oh, I'm going to have this developed. He's not saying developed. He's going to have it analyzed, because later in the film, he comes back, and he's like, we've computer analyzed this. Well, he sa- Cushing says he's going to develop it. Yeah. yeah. And then he says, then we've he's a- enhanced it using a computer. Which they mm-hmm. couldn't have done. Mm-hmm. No. In 1986, you could play Star Trek, which was a grid. With letters on it. So let's get to uh, the most important question in this film, other than what the hell. <laughs> Cushing explains to James, Jim Ferguson, that because uh, Jim is like, what the fuck is going on? Seriously, now that I, I'm buying your shtick, Peter Cushing, what is this all about? And he explains that Bigglesworth is James time twin. Yes. What the fuck is a time twin? That, that's why they just say it, and then they move on. They move on. <laughs> yeah, Because there's no way to... All of the things that happen in this movie, you just... Gotta you, roll with? Yeah, like, the director and the crew, everybody, like, was like, we're getting paid. So what we have to do is we wake up every morning, and we recover from the words that are on this piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> time twin. Yeah. Does anybody want to postulate, like, could we fill in what the time yeah, twin is? Yeah, what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, that I don't get I it because like they don't look alike. Uh-uh. They're not the same person. No, if, um, <laughs> you if know, you have a time twin. He can help you with your adventures. Where's my time twin? Does he help? Yes. Does he help or fuck shit up? Oh he no, he's helps. super helpful. What well, if, he what if James had never end. gone back in time? Well, then they would have been. So he dies in the plane crash the first time because he can't get out by himself. Uh, oh, the okay. second time he. Doesn't get the photograph because get the, the photograph camera dislodges from himself. the plane. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then the third time, they would have been uh, executed, all four of them. So, And then the fifth time, they would have been eaten by savages. And I said this during the movie, uh, J- Ferguson takes to war like a duck to water. Like, that guy is immediately capable of warfare. So <laughs> he are, likes it. He are, does. He enjoys it. Are we to infer that uh, Ziggy from... Quantum Leap has tapped into the DNA of Time Twins, and he's just popping Bacula throughout time to help. I don't really want to talk about uh, yeah, Every time we're talking Quantum about Leap time travel, we're going to go to Quantum because Leap. Because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> this is Quantum Leap, directed by Terry Gilliam. No, he doesn't go into other people's with the, bodies. With he a just, little bit of aha sprinkled he's on He's TV top. dinner man in time. <laughs> yeah, with and his he, TV dinner cards. And he's quite capable of fighting and shooting people. Okay, so that's all the exposition we're going to get about time travel in this film, apparently, because Sam is giving me the poopy face. Well, like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's a, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so Jim calls back to the office, and he's like, weird shit's going on. I don't know what to do about it. And his girlfriend's like, well, I'm going to come help you, and I'm bringing Chuck. Because Chuck is Porkins, we shouldn't mention. Yeah. Well, then Chuck says on his way out of the office to the other guy that works there, he's like, keep it tight, asshole. No. (laughs) Keep a tight asshole, yeah. That's what I said. Keep a tight asshole. That's what I said. Keep a tight asshole. No, you said keep it tight, asshole. I said keep a tight asshole. (laughs) It's keep a tight asshole. Keep a tight asshole. (laughs) No, you're making your emphasis is all wrong. (laughs) Yeah. You've you've lost the color of that statement completely. Well, I am no William Hootkins. No. And you should also mention that Porkins does have a diseased mind book. Now he's a psychologist because he has read a book. Yeah. Well, which classic. is everybody's mom. Classic uh, Major Eaton right there. I think I figured out the time twins. Okay. 
So Too it's late. not just when he's in peril because it would make you back seem in time and four minutes ago when this was relevant. They're both in peril every time it happens because he's like, oh, I need to write my speech. He's kind of stressed out. But uh-huh. the modern man doesn't get shot out of the sky. He gets stressed out about writing TV dinner speeches. It uh, seems the like the second one he's I, having to present. He's in some hot water with mm-hmm, the lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets zapped back. I don't know what happens when he's shaving. He's just shaving. So yeah, maybe but he's not. always put back in nor- his present in a sticky situation. Like, oh shit, that it would have been fine if you could have zapped me out of there, but then like put me back in my apartment or something. But he's always like, oh, I'm wearing a nun's outfit. Yeah, well, so that's gonna, not helpful. You're going to be in a sticky situation after you come back in time and you've had all of this adventure and go on. It's hard to just instantly come back from adventure. Mm. Yeah, especially when you're shooting a machine gun into the air. Yeah. Yeah, he basically gets to go to prison for the rest of his life because of time travel. Well, no, apparently... He shot at the cops. Ministry of Everything in England is run by old bastards still, so he's fine. He gets a pardon from... No, no. (laughs) From Grand Moff Tarkin. (laughs) Right on. Anyways... So he's uh, dressed for World War, as we, as we mentioned. He's all prepared now. He gets the duffel bag, and he, but unfortunately gets zapped to the nunnery with his balls out. And but, crucified joke. It doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, Biggles bros come in. Yeah, what are we going to call these guys? Because we're not going to name them by name. They're just uh, this group of three Bernie, other... Alfie, and Ginger. Yeah, it was pretty okay. tough. Bernie, Alfie, and Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't want to call them by name. Not Bernie, Alfie, and Ginger. Well, Bernie, Those Alfie... Those guys don't deserve it. Especially that ginger guy. Bernie, Alfred, and Ginger. He has no soul. Yeah. And Biggles, Biggles boys. He's like, uh, yeah, I said Biggles bros. He's like, I'm from the future. We don't believe it. You're a German spy. He's like, I'm actually an English spy. But then Biggles comes in and stops them from killing him. So he gives him some, some, he gives him some nun's clothes. What are those called? What are nun's clothes? I don't know. They're called something like a. I'm sure. A habit. A habit. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Gives him a habit, which is a funny joke, but it actually plays into the plot. So it's not really a joke because it ends up saving him yeah, because he, the he, Germans like, show up. This is a he's an American secret agent. No, he's a TV dinner man, but he behaves exactly like an American secret agent would. He dresses up in disguise and he saves the day. The Germans show up and with he, his electric razor. Yeah, that's nice. The Germans show up and they capture Biggles and his bros. Yes. <laughs> Birdie, Alfie, and Ginger. <laughs> Birdie, Alfie, and Ginger. I didn't write their ship down one time. So I, I, I'm just going to... I've just seen it a hundred times, time, so... So they're all going to be executed. But uh, Ferguson, I, I did like this. He tosses his electric shaver, which I don't know... How, where was his electric razor at? It was in his hand. Yep. So he was shaving when he got zapped. So no, he-, he was wearing the, the, the German... Or, I mean, not the German, the, the World War One English outfit with the gun and the... the... No, he was... Sh- when he got zapped over, he was in the bathroom shaving. Naked. With a towel. And that's why you see him grab the towel. Oh, yeah. And then he's on the, the crucifixion table. So what happened to all his uh, World War One? It's he was in, in the other room. Yeah, dude, it was on the floor in the bathroom. Oh, I thought he got zapped immediately while no. he was wearing that and just like went he's straight like, to a well, towel. I guess I didn't get to go back into the World War Two. I'm going to take a shower. Oh, crap. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's inopportune. Okay, yep. I must have been writing a note at that point. So he tosses his uh, electric razor grenade in the German scatter. Which would have been convincing. Oh, yeah, because yeah, they've never seen it in electric. And it's well, making noise. It, it's yeah. just throwing anything. Yeah, well, anything that makes noise is going to... Well, grenades don't make noise, other than kaboom. Well, if you're you know, going to fake it, something that's unknown and making an unknown noise, going to be con- more convincing to somebody who's already I don't experiencing know. the I stress of war. I think you could throw a rock 
and, and yell grenade, work. and uh, people are gonna die, dude. If somebody throws a rock at me and yell, some guy like is like fucking grenade, no, I'm think, I'm gone. No, it's to me you gotta sell it. You, 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 I've never seen it. It's making well. A strange apparently, sound. you are made of more Chuck Norris than I am, and because, or uh, I'm out. I the only time I wouldn't look for myself is if it was like uh, Cameron Mitchell. It's a fucking grenade. <laughs> yeah, uh, then I believe him. Uh, that's a shout out to. Uh, the messenger, the messenger again. Fred Williamson. Yeah, I don't know, Sam. I, I think you're uh, you're moving out. I think I think if I was to toss something at you right now and looked in your eye and was like, "That's a grenade," you would believe me. Fucking grenade! It's See, not. Look, he, he didn't just, even he move. Fucking dove out of that chair. I did not. <laughs> I just, <laughs> See, like, that's, that's the the problem with po- podcasting is people can't see how much poo is in sam's pants right now after jackie just threw a piece of paper at him yep i uh i'm not afraid of paper (laughs) maybe a paper cut sir i actually have a paper cut right now yeah so the boys escape but uh jim's zapped back get used to that there's lots of back and forth business here debbie and porkins find him in the nun's habit and they're like oh he this guy's fucking crazy so chuck calls uh the loony bin so this guy is fucking freelancing all over the place. Who? Uh, Porkins? Porkins, yeah. Because he's like, I'm a doctor. He calls as a, and pretends to be a doctor. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Rosen Rosen uh, Von Moorhead. Gonna... I was expecting a fat guy joke, but it didn't come. He used too many names. Either yeah. way, what is his motivation? Is like he going to try to take over the company? No, I think he wants to bang Debbie. And he wants more. He wants all those TV dinners for himself. Duh, duh. Well, I mean, with or without Debbie, he wants those TV dinners. With or without, he's no. He, he he's already in a position where he can eat all the TV dinners. He just <laughs> works at the parties and just gobbles up all the food. He only has one motivation, and that's to bang Debbie. No, it seems like he's just nuts. Yeah, dude, he comes I'm- in and he's like, "I read all night. Now I'm a psychiatrist." Yeah, and he's like, uh, no, he's not dangerous. He just has a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah, but everything, every single motivation that he has is to, uh, get Jim out of the picture. Like, oh, I'm a psychiatrist. The Jim is crazy. And then he, uh, introduces Jim to the, to the loony bin police or whoever they are. That guy's fucking crazy. He's trying to get Jim out of the picture because he likes Debbie's butt. Huh. I don't think so. I don't know. I just think that that's an unexplained... He doesn't have a character motivation. He's just there for passive-aggressive bullshit. Because I, I, they don't make any fat jokes at his expense. They don't... Other than uh, the one where he eats the chicken Other than leg. the major one. Where he eats that... Okay, so other than the no, fact that he And then at the, the end, chicken. he has pockets full of candy. Okay. They yeah, just answer that one. The whole time I retract, that one, yeah. I retract my <laughs> fat joke statement. Yeah, no, Porkins wants to bang Debbie. Okay, I don't know. I, I'm not going with that theory. Why, why can't that well, be? Well, if he's got controlling financial stock, maybe he just wants the company. Why would he have controlling financial stock? Because he's a fucking assistant. No, they said that he probably his, eats a lot dad of his chicken dinners. owns the bank that is financing them. Yeah. That's why he's on All right, so he wants board. some extra cash so he can buy more dinners and bang Debbie. I don't know about this Debbie then thing. Then why would he try to get rid of Jim? So that he can have the company, all of the TV. Jim dinners. doesn't own the company. Yes, yes he does. He does. He's, oh. <laughs> oh, you're not. You didn't pay very close attention to this movie. Here's, yeah. here's the deal with this film. I did. I haven't seen it 16 times like you have. She's picking up on all of it. I have to write notes. There is so much fucking dialogue in this film. Oh yeah, there's a lot that of I think it's totally worth watching like three or four times. I would go back and rewatch this. I would kick you guys out of the room and watch this by myself just so I can get everything that is in this film because there's just so goddamn much happening. And while things are happening. There's dialogue, 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 dialogue. That's all, like, you can miss 
half of this film. Oh yeah. By not watching it multiple times. There was the damn joke in the tr- what was the joke in the trench when they went into the caves. See, exactly. I had never heard that joke before and I've seen it 16 times. Something probably. about uh, Margaret Thatcher, I don't know. Yeah. No, it was along the same lines as keep it tight asshole. Anyways, so no, yeah, I don't know. So Jim tells Debbie about his adventures in time, and uh, she's not buying it. She thinks he's uh, fucking daffy as can be. Well, I believe that you believe it, but I think you need fucking help. Chuck gets nabbed by the police, which may not seem like a consequential event. He's like, that's the guy! But they're like, no, you're fucking crazy. I don't know why the police think Chuck is crazy, because he's calling in a man with a weapon. He's got a you fucking look, gun. You take one look at that guy. Yeah, all right, all right. It's a hostile a takeover. Where, where's your credentials? <laughs> Doctor Four Ouch. Names. Oh, uh, I don't, you don't want to see him. Huh? No? Well, lightning starts happening. Uh, Debbie, you got to get away from me. And she jumps on him. And of course, that means that you can also travel back in time if you make if contact, contact with uh, a helicopter even, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So they're in the trenches. There's fucking explosions all over the place. Ah, you gotta get out of here. Run, 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 run. The trenches are fucking scary. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, they make it to some caves. Yeah. Go downstairs, and uh, there's some Germans down there as well. Like, they've got their own side of the caves. No, they're the coming other. in after them the whole time. Really? Then why they're do they go through that uh, rock wall? Go through the rock wall. Don't you remember the little German that's, like, crawling through the yeah, rock wall? Yeah, they're coming at them from all sides. Yeah. I think I infer that they've got their own cave side. It's just like this layer of rocks that are dividing the two. But anyways, there's Germans down there. Yeah. But they get grenaded. So everybody makes it out to the surface. And uh, it's like some shithole that's... Uh, it's like... Uh, what's the uh, Russian town that got exploded by the... Chernobyl. Chernobyl. And uh, everything's blown up and crappy looking. And even uh, Jim says, oh, this town looks like it got nuked. What does that mean? Overreacted. That's what so happens American slang for overreacting. Yeah. yeah. They find this weird spaceship thing in the ground, and I, I or like an igloo, because some guys they call like, it an igloo. I hope no Eskimos come out of there, but uh, it's made out of heat shielding material, ceramics, like the spaceship. What's that? I don't know. But some Germans show up again. They're going to load up. They're, I don't know what else they're getting from these tests, to be honest. More data? Yeah, like, did it work again? Yep. Yeah, I don't know why you have to run so many explosion tests. Like in the Nevada desert, uh, New Mexico uh, testing, bomb testings, and like uh, Bikini Atoll. How many times do you have to blow shit up to know that it blows shit up? Like we we tested like 50 fucking nuclear bombs in the 40s and the 50s. But yep, blew up again. What did the test say? Inconclusive. <laughs> we should try it again. I can't read it. My uh, notes have been blown up. Yeah. The device we put inside the bomb, it exploded. <laughs> yeah, there's no data. Uh, everything got exploded. Anyway, so they're wanting to run another test of the secret weapon, I guess. Yeah. And uh, so the secret weapon is like a, a, an audio thing. It's like Sonic somehow. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, with one of the stretches, like, how did they get... Wait a second, you should explain this. No, we shouldn't, because if we try... The movie sucks. We just need to move on. He just like walks out of the igloo and Biggles is like, they've developed a sound weapon. <laughs> what? Huh? How did you get that? It doesn't matter. There's more people to shoot at. <laughs> we Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Gotta keep this shit moving. Yeah, like uh, melts people, like makes the one fucking It makes German... everybody just completely brittle. 
Yeah, yeah it's brittle, like it yeah. dries them out, and then you touch it, and then it just falls apart. Yeah, like shakes their atoms into peanut brittle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, like, I like, I uh, like, ah! I like Debbie, where she's like freaking out, and then she's like, <laughs> everything is all dead, and then she puts her hand in some guy's head, and she's so, like, ew. Yeah, she pulls have, out his eye. Yeah, and at one point, Biggles pulls a guy's arm off. <laughs> yeah. Ferguson breaks a, a artillery cannon with his hand, just crumbles in his hands, and she's like. I wonder what happens when I reach inside this guy's head. You're going to pull out eyes and brains. It's just as fucked up as everything else here. (laughs) But yeah, it doesn't really hit home. Doesn't really hit home for her. Until she pulls out eye and brain. (laughs) This is... (laughs) She's like, until that moment, she has no idea. And then she pulls out uh, a new ideology that war is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... So there's some more Germans running around, and Jim starts shooting at him, but uh, he gets zapped, and then he's zapped back into the present, so he's shooting at Chuck and the cops that were holding Chuck, thinking that he was crazy. Oh, nope, it's Jim that's fucking nuts. Yep. So now he's Jim has gun. gone to, uh, as I say, now, gone to prison for the rest of his life. Here's one shot that I just noticed this time around. I Maybe I noticed it before. The guns laying on the ground, did you notice those were actual un- Spent bullets, not just shells. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And I thought, totally wow. cheaped out. Crappy gun or cheaped out right just, there. <laughs> like, they just they fell had, out of the gun or what? And the only reason that makes it in is they had something that they had to cover. And it was like, oh, this is the shot we got. We got to use it. I don't know what they were covering, but they had to cover something. Well, the cops chase Jim on top of a roof. And now they've got a chopper. And they're coming at him with, uh, we, we need to talk about this chopper. Because it's got uh, one side of it. it it's like a... It's like, uh, what's his name from uh, Magnum P.I.'s Chopper? T- TC? TC's Chopper. It's not a sweet. No. It doesn't have a cool red paint shop, but it's the, shaped like that. But then it's no, got it's like not, the, the no, wings TC's on the side a, of it. Whatever. Oh, UV-22. Dork out. It's a much smaller helicopter. Okay. Well, anyways, this one's one of those old like police style helicopters. Yeah. This and, is one of the more popular helicopters. And it's got uh, these two wings on it. One side's got like a small square thing on of it, and then the other one's got like a huge fucking round ball that apparently, as we learn, is a speaker. See, I the first time I saw it, I knew it was a speaker. Because How do you they, even fucking know that? Because they're saying, hold still or I'll shoot you through a loudspeaker, and it's the only thing that looks like a speaker on the screen. Well, there could have been, like, a guy, because of all the other mistakes in this film, there could have been a guy inside with a bullhorn being like, drop your well, weapon. You don't see that, though. No, you don't, because you so don't think, see anything. I think an eight-year-old... You eight see year a old, chopper doing fucking ridiculous stunts. I think an eight-year-old eight me is a, is a more keen observer Jackie, you, you hadn't right seen this movie now. before. Did you know that that was a fucking speaker on the side of this? Yes. <laughs> And I, I thought that the black box might have been some kind of camera, camera or photography thing. Or just a counterweight. I don't even know. I hate Biggles and I hate all of you. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> huh. So anyways, they uh, they chase after him and uh, Biggles say, shows up into the future. Yes. Yeah, so out this of is nowhere. You realize that Biggles is a man of such high adventure that he can adventure in any time, even in the future. Because he uh, immediately... Gets rid of the helicopter with a flare gun, mm-hmm. and then they're just actioning all over London. Well, they have to get back up to the Tower Bridge. Yep. And he's like, I'll get you there with adventure. Running over walls, hopping over shit, climbing crap, sliding down ladders politely because he asks first. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, he is British. Yes. So they make it to the pe- Tower Bridge, and they meet Peter Cushing, and he gives uh, P- 
Peter Cushing gives Biggles the photo of the German secret weapon, so it's time to use that that photo against them. Yes. And uh, so they steal that chopper, the very same chopper that was just chasing them. And Because if you can fly a sop with camel, you can fly anything. That's right. <laughs> uh, apparently, I watched a documentary on World War II planes, and I don't think they actually got it quite right with this movie, but that was the consensus. If you can fly a sop with camel, you can fly anything. Super maneuverable, but it was so maneuverable that it was like you could just turn it 90 degrees and crash at any moment. Fair enough. So they uh, zap back in time and... Uh, in the helicopter. In the helicopter. They've got the, they got the chopper now with the big speaker. And they're zooming over the trenches and all the Germans are like, ah, it's, it's not good. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> oh, no, it's not shooting at us or dropping bombs on us. Disintegrate your ranks. <laughs> but uh, German uh, Franz Schmeiser, the uh, Messerschmitt pilot. Eric von Stahlhein. Eric von Stahlhein. No, Eric von Stahlhein is the character's name or the Red Baron? The character's name. Okay, good. Because I was like, uh, no. No, it's not. The Red Baron was somebody else. Yeah. It's a delicious pizza. <laughs> it is a delicious pizza. So they, he's chasing them. And they almost crash into a train, which was a great fucking shot. Yeah, I read that it took them two days to get that. They did it fifteen. They did it fifteen times. That helicopter pilot was so good that he landed a helicopter on a train going forty and took off fifteen times. Yeah, there's nanner shit happening with this helicopter. The uh, pilot was quite adept. Apparently, the helicopter was crashed years after the uh, making of this film. And no, I'm it had to be totaled. Hmm, yeah, no wonder. Well, it wasn't probably the same pilot. It just was sort of one of those weird notes, like in the when I'm reading about this, like in 1989, years after making the film, the helicopter was crashed and couldn't be recovered. I'm well, like, well, that's interesting. I know. Why would you tell me that? A thing or two about doing some stupid shit in cars. Yeah. And uh, usually the cars don't last very long after you've done some stupid shit in cars. Yeah. So you know, there you go. So he uh, lands a chopper by the rest of the guys, the bros, Bertie, Alfie, and Ginger. That's correct. Just making sure you're still paying attention yeah, to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> they hatch a plan, and uh, he's going to uh, attach a microphone to the speaker. That's after use... he gets he gets back to Birdie Alpha and Ginger. And he's like, go round up the guns, go back to the church. I'll meet you back there. I'm going to go blow up the thing. Yeah, but he's, his plan is to attach a microphone to the speaker, this giant speaker, and then bounce the noise. So he's going to go for back. the double feedback and the... It works, and then they move on. That's right. <laughs> and then we get back to Bag, Birdie, Alfie, and, and Ginger. Bag. Yeah. Bag. That's good, Jackie. I like that. I just now thought of that. I yeah. thought I'd yeah, throw bag. it in there. Bag. Biggles Bag. Biggles Bag. Bag of tricks. Okay, that was taking it to a weird level. Sorry. <sighs> yeah, so the mic attached to the speaker works quite well. It explodes the, uh, explodes the dish that's pointed directly at him. They that don't is, get zapped. It is clearly shooting light and not sound. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And don't you have to hold down the microphone on the CB yes, you to, do. uh, yeah, to you do. Well, Maybe he taped it. All right, we'll infer that. Because I guess the, the, the microphone is clearly <laughs> we taped. We have to infer to the, that to that would speaker. work. Yeah. <laughs> I'll burn a question. Is it a Bose speaker? <laughs> <laughs> Because it's got to be a really nice speaker. And they, will Bose speakers one day kill us all? Because <laughs> if it destroys... Uh, so You've yeah. just got uh, <laughs> T-1000s walking down the Here's, street with boomboxes made of Bose speakers and breakdancing. We all just get melted. Here's brains. what I can say for this sequence. It works and they move on. Sky, Skynet teams up with Dr. Dre and kills us all. <laughs> uh, with Chronic 2000. 
Oh, boy. I was going with the uh, the Beats headphones, but uh, uh, the Chronic 2000 has killed a couple people. <laughs> <laughs> it's not much of a stretch. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so... It works and they move on. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the way this movie is, dude. I'm with you. And it worked and they moved on. So now they got to rescue Birdie, Alfie, and Ginger. The bag. <laughs> at, the, at the church with the nuns. They start out by having an okay corral fucking shootout. Like, they just walk in and are like, anyone want to get shot? No, the anybody want like, to surrender? Yeah, well, they're not really saying that. <laughs> they're really saying, who wants to get shot? The Germans are like, we do. And then they shoot them. Yeah, they shoot them all. But not enough because uh, they still need the chopper and Jim to shoot a bullet. Well, there's a whole other garrison. Yeah, they, they start storming the, the convent, but they blast all of them. And then they land, but then the German ace flies overhead, and Mary's like, oh, Mary, we didn't even mention Mary. Biggles has got a girlfriend yeah. who's not a nun, but lives that is hiding the with the nuns, I think, Does because she, both sides want her dead. She's too hot to be a nun? She's a double agent. Is she? She's it's a turncoat. The, yeah, clearly at the beginning, no, when you first meet I thought, her. I thought she just had secret information. No, she was trying to turn Biggles. She was a spy, and then she fell in love with him, so she didn't execute her plan. I totally got the opposite. I thought they said that it she out loud. was a German, and he turned they, her. No. I believe it's uh, Alfie verbatim explains the yeah, entire they, situation. They don't trust it. See, I, I thought that they the, the bag didn't trust her because she's just some German skirt, and Biggles is going to get all uh, uh, crazy about her, but Biggles knows that she's one of them. She's the one that's telling him yeah. about the secret weapon. But ultimately, Bertie, Alfie, and Ginger defer to Biggles' judgment, so... Yeah, see, I think this is just a mess of a script. I think you can in- <laughs> infer a I lot of things. I think that you were not paying You guys are on the sir. same page, but I, if I wasn't paying attention, how do I have my own entire... I don't like, know. This is what I got from that this conversation. Is, these, the, how, yeah, much, uh, how much bourbon is in that vanilla Coke? All of it. <laughs> so, anyways, Mary's dead. Or is she? Or is she? She's shot. Yeah, she's shot by uh, the German ace. But uh, Biggles shoots. He's like, ah! He rambos out and is like, ah! And shoots at the German ace with one of those... Uh, it's not a Thompson. Maybe, no, maybe it is a Thompson. The that one with the... a Thompson. It's the, 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 it's the, the clip that comes off the sideways. side. I don't know what they're yeah, called. Yeah. Anyways, he's like, ah! Rambles out. And the German ace is like, ah! And they <laughs> shoot at each other, but they all miss. But then they toss grenades at, at each other, which land perfectly inside right in the of the plane. Barrel. Yeah, right in the pickle barrel. It's like shooting uh, womp rats back at my T-16. 16. Yeah, no, Biggles has got an arm. Yeah. Like, he would be the greatest basketball player ever. <laughs> <laughs> Both of them explode. Well, I think Biggles doesn't explode. He, he, he doesn't ran explode. into the church. He doesn't explode, but both of the grenades explode. Both of the grenades explode. But we don't really see Eric von Stahlheim die. We Is don't know if he doesn't. Explosion. He could have gotten as low as he could and then just hopped right out of there. Yeah. Hmm. Which would have been, you know, broken legs better than an exploded body. He's going to team up with a family for Mac and me for the sequel. Well, I think that that's the thing is that he's the in the novels. You can't you can't see him die because if they were going to do a sequel, which they were obviously leading to, uh, and they had already planned on doing a sequel before it tanked, um, he would have been the bad guy still. Yeah. Well, Mary's okay. She's all right. Great. Jim uh, gets zapped into the Thames. Back into the present. He's fished out by the Rosers. You know, you know like all... Uh, yeah, yeah. Way, way to Britishize that yeah, one. Yeah, it's good work. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyways, Debbie's okay. She fell into a trash can on top of the roof. But uh, I just don't know good. how she gets in the trash can. Or that's her plan, I guess. Is like, <laughs> she's like... Trash can! Wah! <laughs> just get away from the cops. I don't care how you do it. And she's like, I can't. So I'll just be a distraction. 
hops in the trash can. Because there's no way to get in that trash can without putting yourself putting there. Putting your butt into the trash can. Help! Help! I'm stuck in this here trash can. That was my impersonation. Yeah. Denouement. Jim and Debbie get married with Porkins <laughs> as best man. And apparently she's being given away by Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah. Peter Cushion's giving her away. And the only guy that seems like a good employee of the company is there with what looks like his wife. And he has to be in the audience. <laughs> yeah. He's a witness. So my assumption is, is they're just like, they're stressed out by the trip. And they're like, we should get married before we leave and fly what's his face over. And then Porkins licks the ring. He sticks it in his mouth and gobs it around. Well, and then... Did you see what it was in his pocket with? There was like three bags of candy. It's, it's that old man candy. The grody old man candy. The sticky. Like the sticky stuff that jelly you put beans in. Jelly beans. No, not jelly beans. Like the hard shit that Werther's. tastes like fuck. No, Werther's is delicious. The, <laughs> the ones that you won't eat from your grandma's dish. Like, the ones oh, the old-fashioned candy that old you buy. Old-fashioned candy. Okay, like so I got tricked into this. Yeah. And uh, the strawberry ones are delicious. But I got tricked into buying one of those old-fashioned cans of candy one time at Christmas time. I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be such a hit. And I bought it, and I opened up the can, and it came out in one big chunk. Yeah, that's what happens. I was like, happens. oh, my God. That's uh, pork and pocket. If, if at any point it was one degree lower or higher than 60 degrees, bad things happen. So he puts the ring on. And he gets zapped back into like a underground. Oh wait, sir! He does not put the ring on. He's well, he... about to, and, and then, then he gets zapped. All right, the shaman has it. Yeah, so he's putting on like the tribal cannibal guy under the ground. And this is the best part of the movie Stuff. for me was the delivery of the line. Ferguson, cut us free before they realize you're not a god. You're just an American. <laughs> I thought that was funny too. Thanks, he's Kate. so convicting. Like there's just. Like, because he calls him an American throughout the thing, it's just kind of fun for me. They escape. Credits. The end of the movie. I want to start out with a question and just back up a couple portions to the the marriage with uh, Peter Cushing giving away Debbie. Uh If things had gone according to uh, Anakin Skywalker's plan and uh, Padme hadn't died, would Peter Cushing be giving away Leia at her wedding? Like if they were friends, and if the star just, or the Death Star didn't explode, and he doesn't kill her, well, yeah, I guess that's not a very good question. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, like if Grand Moff Tarkin doesn't, he makes it off, and then he's like, you know what? I'm going to stop being a dick. Today's the day. Well, I, and if Padme had lived, that's a very important part because you know if uh, she's married to Darth Vader, you know maybe Princess Leia is not so cheeky. I. That'd no. be a rough childhood. Possibilities are endless. The paddle would just come out of nowhere and hit you. The paddle? Yeah, like... Darth Vader would be, like, disciplining you. He'd be like, don't force. talk back to me, and then the paddle would come out of nowhere and oh, smack yeah, you in the yeah, buns. Yeah. That's a force paddling. Force paddling. <laughs> That's a force paddling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if only the Bayou people had that power. Bring me your questions. So do they? are they married, then, at the end? Yes. They were well, almost married. Almost. No, I guess technically not. I now pronounce you man and wife. Is the the thing After to make you they, married, but yeah. you put the rings on before that, so no, they are not. So I'll use this question before the burning question. So is the beginning of the sequel the end of this movie, and then they're like, wait, we got to go back for that ring? Do they go back for the ring? Mm, mm-hmm. I don't think so, dude. It was a pretty uh, crummy ring. It was just a gold band. I mean, you can pick those up at Kmart. <laughs> Sorry, <all right. laughs> that was rude. Well, yeah. Apparently, uh, celebrity dinners the- does not pay that well. <laughs> exactly. It's all tied up in the company, Justin. Well, I'll, I'll I'll tie into that question. What the fuck happens to Debbie's passport? 
I believe it, it gets nukified by Does, the sound weapon. No, that happens after the sound weapon. No. No, before the sound weapon. Because those people all die by the sound weapon. Yeah, and then those are the people that she plucks the eye out of. Yeah. Maybe that's where she, she was reaching in there to try to find her passport. She was like, I'll just push this. Oh, my God. My passport's not in there. It's just brains and eyeball. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her passport is gone. So yeah. is okay. her ID, her diner's club card. All of it. So there's no uh, there's no future consequences to uh, like wandering through that area and being like, who the fuck is Debbie? Well, if you pick it up, it's going to crumble into dust. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, they tried to not, and then the helicopter evaporated upon explosion, so that future devices can't be influential on the past or whatever. Jackie. So, I okay. So what I don't get is he asks, "Where's Biggles now?" And he says he's in. He went to Brazil or something, right? Some Yeah. Dumaswanka. And then at the end of the movie you see them and they're in the pot. Mm-hmm. So was that the last mission that No. It okay. couldn't have been because they were still young. Okay. That's the next mission. Because okay. this was planned as a, a this was supposed to be a series of movies. Okay. It it did not make it. Which is unfortunate because if there was three of these, oh baby. Oh man, we'd do all three. Oh yeah. So I have the burning question. Mm-hmm. Do you Want to be a hero? <clears throat> yes. Okay. I, especially if I could be in this movie. This movie was pretty pretty badass. And I would go back in time and be a total fucking know-it-all. <laughs> be like, well. My, I had two other questions that uh, also, also <laughs> pertain to the lyrics of songs that I'll leave behind. What happened with the TV dinners? What do you mean? It became an empire. I just feel like if he's adventuring all the time, <laughs> the uh, TV dinners company is not going to flourish. Well, it depends on if Porkins can get back to the office because he's really he's really the foundation for the show. Because ultimately, I would buy the t- t- TV dinners if Porkins likes it. It's good food. Yeah. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense because Porkins like all food. So, but apparently, he's eating a lot of them. So, I guess you should too. I don't know. I think it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, the company's fine. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. I have a question of who is this movie for? Everybody. What is the intended audience that's of this film? No, int- you like it. No, no, that's what... Who were they making this film for? Like, these, this group of people is our target market for this film, and it can't be everyone, Sam. Well, that's, what, that's the mistake, mm-hmm. because they were like, we have to get everyone to watch this, and everyone would watch a movie that was Back to the Future combined with Indiana Jones. This is the movie for everyone, mm-hmm. when ultimately it is a movie for an eight-year-old, or a ten-year-old, and a six-year-old, because that's, like, me and my brothers, we're either, like... I think grandparents would like this movie. My grandparents actually taped it for us yeah, off HBO, and that's why I had a copy of it. Yeah, grandparents is a good call. Yeah, my grandma was like, oh, this is really my, exciting. My little boys will like this. And we did. It's nice. There's nothing vulgar about it. Ethel, did you see that man's balls? Of course I did. She pulled an eye out of his head. <laughs> see you later. <laughs> why is it Biggles' Adventure in Time and not Jim Ferguson's Adventure in Time? Well, because originally the movie started out as an adaptation of the one of the Biggles novels. Uh-huh. And Bye. they decided after several rewrites to add in uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, but Biggles doesn't. He, Biggles only has one adventure in time. There's probably a lot tied up with the finances that, like, oh, you're not making Biggles anymore. Well, you have to give all that money back. Mm-hmm. Mm. It has to. It started out as a Biggles movie, so it yeah. has to be a Biggles movie. That's by a the big time. fuck up for me, right there. Like, whoops! Oh, Biggles barely has an adventure in time. Barely, he... he's in time for about. Well, for you, like, I think that's one of the things that this movie is, is a four-year development, or a six-year development hell, 
that ends up being a hodgepodge of ideas without any compromises and on your screen anyway. That's what makes it what it is, is that it's just a bunch of bad ideas. Yeah. Anybody else have any other questions? No. No. All right. How are we going to call this? Jackie, I'm going to start with you because I know how Sam feels about this film. How do you feel about this film? Oh, it's a total do. Okay. I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of fun. I I thought the helicopter scene was a little drawn out. But, um, you know, overall, I thought it was a pretty funny movie. And it had some good one-liners in there, some zingers. Keep your asshole tight. Yeah. Keep your asshole tight. Sam, I, I know how we uh, – just one last argument from you. On why? Yeah. It's just – it moves and it's fun. Okay. I'm going to give it a do. <laughs> Oh. oh. However, I don't like it. <laughs> it's just too I much to wrap your head around it. I did enjoy Biggles' in t- Big Adventure in Time. Uh, I thought it was uh, a little too stale for me. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I thought I, it was adventure. I, yeah, adventure. I, I missed adventure. I must have uh, been watching a different movie from you guys because I didn't see a whole lot of adventure. I saw some good stunts. I saw some zingers. But I saw mostly guys just running. From location to location. You know what I saw? Balls. And not Balls. having any sort of adventures. I was disappointed by it greatly. Huh. I, I was excited because there were balls in this movie. I was like, oh my God, balls. Yeah, balls is not uh, a reason Buns for and me balls, to, baby. to watch a movie. So I think that there's a huge audience for this film. I think that this is one of the uh, most obscure, like nobody talks about films that I've ever seen. It's just not for me. Huh. I, I thought the plot was just too stupid. <laughs> That's, right. that's really saying something there. Yeah, there's got to be a story, and there's just the as as we've said many times, including I'm lumping this thing in with Queen of the Damned and fucking Mortal Kombat Annihilation, not for its filmmaking problems. I thought the filmmaking was fantastic. There's no fucking story. There's not, and I don't like films that don't have stories. I never will. And well, actually, uh, he saves just not do it. Do he it saves the future from. <laughs> From Secret Weapon, I think somebody could have figured that shit out. If you're saving the future with something that also doesn't work. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's stupid. It's implausible. <laughs> I think that's actually the greatest strength of it being an enjoyable bad movie is how fucking implausible every moment of the movie is just like halfway through you just give up and go, I'm tired of saying that's more implausible than the last thing that happens because everything is more implausible than the last thing that happened. Yeah. That yeah. happened. We're moving on. Moving on. That worked. Indeed. And I would like to move on. So Jackie's pick next. Uh, you're going to do a Christmas movie? Yeah, I am, but I am trying Unknown? to find just the right one. So. Unknown the Christmas movie? Unknown. Surprise Christmas movie. Uh, in the meantime, get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper. Gives them some num... Num Num-nums? Gives them some (laughs) num-nums? There you go. Here's the nun's clothes. He gives gives them... He gives him... (laughs) (laughs) 